because of who he is. He's amazing and powerful and strong. We love him so much. It's incredible to feel his presence and worship him. So glad that you guys are here with us. You guys in here in the sanctuary, you can go ahead and have a seat. I want to welcome those of you that are watching online as well. Thanks so much for participating with us. Uh, if you are new to Grace Church, my name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace, and I'm just so glad you're here. You know, if you're looking for a church that is passionate about the Lord and uh, passionate about what he, what, who He is and what He wants to do in our community, you're in the right place. I mean, we are, we are going after Him with all that we are, and we love Him so much. And, and I just, I want to share with you, you know, we're very, very purposeful in the series that we preach and scripture that we teach. And, and so I want to share with you, this will be the last Sunday for our Follow Me series. And, and I, I saved the best for last. The, the whole premise of this whole entire summer series really is kind of this message. Uh, the heart of what it is and when we continue to develop on it. Uh, but I wanted to share with you, starting, you don't want to miss next month either. Uh, so starting next week the, for August, we're launching out on a series called Winning the War in Your Mind. And it's based on a book by Craig Groeschel. We have a few out in the lobby uh, for sale if you want to pick one of those up. Or you can certainly buy them online. But man, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, this whole idea of following me and, and I'm setting you up for today and, and what God wants to do here and now. But then next week you're going to continue the process on what he has for you. So I just, I would encourage you to lean in a little bit uh, for what he's doing and come back. And because, you know, when, when we lay out the series and the whole idea of following after Jesus, you know, one of the things that we recognized is for us as people, uh, what we like to do is we, we like to have a, a choice, don't we? We like to pick and choose what we want. I mean, if you walk up to a salad bar, you're like, yep, I'll take some of this, some of this, some of that. You pick your dressing at the end. If you walk up to, to buy a piece of jewelry, you know, you're going, yes, like, look at all these choices, this, that, that. Can I try that on? No, that doesn't fit. Oh, that looks pretty, you know, that type of thing. Or, or gosh, if you're, if you're painting something, right, fellas? If you're, if you're looking like, hey, I want to paint this. We walk into the home improvement store and there's just, oh, there's a wall of all the different hues that you could pick and plenty to choose from. No doubt, and I mean, if we get to pick what we eat because we like certain flavors, if we're picking ice cream, I mean, I like almost all ice cream. I'm not a big vanilla fan. I just am not, but we like to pick, don't we? You know, just the same is true in our life. We just, we like certain things, don't we? That's just the reality in who we are. And I think in this day and age of customer service, Right, if you're a business owner or you're, you know, you're a manager or you work in a, in a company, you know, like you're trained that you've got to go above and beyond to match the level of expectation that the customer is bringing to you. Because if they don't like it, you know, th then, then they're upset, they give you a one-star review, like and all these things. And, and so we just, we think as a customer, we just get to pick and choose and demand and expect. And if we don't, we're let down. So the reason I say all that is because I believe that we apply that same process of picking and choosing into our spiritual life, into our connection with the Lord, and even in how we read scripture. We'll, we'll read the Bible and we're like, hey, I like this, I don't like that, I'll just leave that off to the side. And I think that we apply that because, I mean, think about it. it. When we read the Bible and we go, unconditional love, yes, thank you so so much. I'll take some of that and a, and a cherry on top, please, God. But but when it comes down to something else, like it's like, oh, you, you want me to have patience? 
ah, God, that's great for other people, but I'd rather just kind of be able to be upset and, and tell people that I'm upset, not be patient with them. Or, or gosh, I mean, here we are in Grace Church. God, you're, you're gonna give me grace, unmerited favor that I don't deserve? Yes, thank you so much. Please, I, I, I'll receive that. But, but oh, you, you want me to, to, when I'm offended, to give grace towards other people? I, I don't know, God, that whole grace thing for me is great, but for others, I'm not at that place. And so, I mean, think about it, Let, let's, let's be honest, we would sometimes want to retaliate instead of extending them grace. And I just, in this following Jesus and following after him, what we're gonna focus on is the reality that we need to relinquish the idea and the understanding that we get to pick and choose regarding our following after him. And so I'm gonna dive into scripture in just a moment in Matthew 21. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up there. But let me pray for us. And just so you know, I'm all prayed up. I'm ready to bring my A game. I need to pray for you because some of y'all need to be ready for what's coming. Uh, so let's pray. Lord God, we come before you and God, we just want to honor you and bless you. Thank you for just the, the time of music and worship and Lord, you really do um, just deserve every single aspect of it. And thank you for your presence here, your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray right now that you would open our minds, open our hearts, uh, open our spirits, Lord, to, to what you wanna say and how you wanna communicate to us. Uh, so Lord, we wanna make ourselves just in this place of being with you, sitting at your feet, Lord. And, and would you communicate to us? Would you teach us? Would you preach to us? through your word and show us. Let us dive deep into who we are, who you've made us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So some of the things that I love, love, love to read in scripture is when Jesus confronts some of the religious leaders. Have you ever read that in scripture in the gospels? And, and so in following after him, you know, you'll notice that Jesus gives a lot of grace and understanding to people that knew that they were sinners. They knew they had issues and problems. He's like, no problem, we, we can work with you. But, but the ones that were self-righteous and prideful, the re religious leaders, they would often confront Jesus and, and he would go after them. And I love to read his responses. I mean, they were constantly questioning him, questioning his authority and who he was, making him try to prove himself. And so this was, uh, this was one of those times when, when they were confronting Jesus. And as so often he does, he asked them a question. And so I want to read to you the questions that he, he asked them. So in Matthew 21, starting in verse 28, it says this. It says, Jesus said, but what do you think about this? A man and his two sons, uh, he I'm sorry, a man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. And the son answered, no. I won't go, but later he changed his mind and he went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two sons obeyed his father? You know, and so I just imagine if Jesus were standing here and he asked you and I, like, I, I just, you know, you don't need to say out loud or raise your hand or whatever, but how would you answer? Like, what would you say? And because and there's something to this. I mean, there's obviously something that he's communicating here. And so I, I want to kind of take the understanding just for a moment. What parent would ever let their child decide on certain things? 
I mean, what, what parent would ever do that? It's just like, hey, you get to decide when you're going to be obedient or not. I'm just going to let you do that as your dad. You get to pick and choose when you're going to be, be obedient. So, hey, tonight for dinner, you know, we made chicken and broccoli. But if you don't want to eat it, you can eat whatever you want. I mean, what kid is going to go, yes, more broccoli. They're going to go, I get to eat whatever I want so I can have ice cream and candy. Sure, why not? Like, go for it. You, you can do whatever you want, no problem. Hey, you're, you're home from school, like that's great. Um, you know, if you don't want to do your homework today, no problem. You don't have to do your homework. You don't have to read. You get to decide. I mean, what parent's ever going to say that? Oh, bedtime? You know what? You're five now. You probably could, you can decide when you want to go to bed. Oh, you want to watch another movie? No problem. Like what parent would ever let them do that? And so the reason I use those funny examples is because I believe that we do the same thing in our spiritual life. I believe that we think in following after Jesus that we get to pick and choose. We get to decide when we want to be obedient and when we don't. I mean, because we know in our head, or we've read in scripture before, that in following after Jesus, we're supposed to surrender everything. We've heard that before. But we've decided along the way, ah, maybe some things not so much. I mean, when Jesus invites us into this following after him, he, he, he requires everything. He wants us to pursue him relentlessly with who he is, with who he is. But how many times in our life do we have a limit where we look at him and we go, on certain stuff, yes, but there's a line that I'm unwilling to cross over to follow you. And so I want to I give a, a, a word, a, a, a name to this line. So I simply just call, am calling it the line of obedience. Because it's real. And I, every single one of us have a line of obedience. We all do. We, we say and we want and desire to, to follow him relentlessly 100%. But we have a line of obedience in our lives. And, and so... I'll just give you a few examples, you know, just randomly where somebody will come to me and they're like, I love the worship. I mean, Pastor Dylan and the team, they do an incredible job. The music, it's amazing. It's anointed. And, but I know that God doesn't want me to gossip. But I just, I love to worship. And the gossiping thing, you know, it, I really just kind of see it as me gathering the opinions of other people regarding a situation. And so they'll justify it. You know, like, hey, it's okay to do that, you know, right? And, and, and they'll, they'll put some, you know, some icing on it and a bow and, and like make it seem like it's all right. Hey, you know, Jesus, I'll give you everything except drinking a little bit too much on Friday night and Saturday night. But I'll go to church, you know, the next day, you know, the Friday night, Saturday night thing, you know I work hard and I just need it to relax, to just calm myself and... Like, I said, I'll give you everything, but, mm, and God, I'll surrender everything in my life. But that whole first 10% thing, bro, I, I don't know what you were thinking. When you said that and you threw that out there, like, I just, I'm not comfortable with that. God, I, I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want your presence. I want to feel empowered and have authority in my life where I pray that things happen. But you're calling me to be a little bit more patient and understanding with my in-laws. But they don't think the way that I do politically. But I want more of your spirit. But with them, I mean, to be more patient. 
And so those are just some maybe not so random examples, but what is it for you? I mean, what is it for you, the line of obedience? I mean, it it might be something related to sexual sin. Uh, It might be recreational drug use. Uh, It could be rage and anger that you just implode on other people and impose to, to get what you want. But we all have something. So I think one of the best things that you and I can do in our following after Jesus is to say, you know what, this is my line. This is my line of obedience. And so what my job as your pastor is we're going to talk about that. This one's going to be hard. It's going to be heavy and it's going to be difficult, but it will be so good. I mean, because we just, we have areas in our life that we're unwilling to surrender. And I believe that we're picking and choosing what fits our lifestyle and what we're comfortable with. Not what Jesus calls us to, but what we want to establish as the boundary and the guideline. And in doing so, we are living a diluted version of Christianity. So, today, we have an incredible opportunity to look at that line, to name it, to identify it. And I believe we also have this incredible opportunity, because I've been praying for this, that we get to choose today to look at it, address it, to say, you know what, you're right, I need to deal with it and and we're gonna move forward because I believe today we have the the power of the Holy Spirit's here, God's presence is here and he wants to move in your life. And I know it, that he wants to change you, your thought process, how you do things, the weight that you're carrying forever. Like he wants it done and gone. Like the line to change, to be erased and removed. So that there's a process that we've gotta walk through. And so the first one is that we've gotta decide to repent. Like, so there's several points I'm going to walk through, but, but the first one has got to be an aspect of repentance where we acknowledge what's going on and we deal with it and face it. Now, this is not popular. This is not popular in our culture at all because so many of us, we like the idea of Christianity. But when, it says, when God says, hey, I'm calling you to this, I, I'm, I'm calling you to surrender everything to me, we just go, oh, I don't know if I can do that. But there is a requirement for life change, a changing, a turning around and following after him with everything. And so here's one of the verses in scripture that I don't like. And and here's the deal. If I don't like it, you might not either. But if I don't like it, it's probably one I've got to read. And so I'm going to read it to you. It's James 4.17. Remember that it's sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Oh, I hate that. I've got a theology degree. I know exactly what the Bible says that I can do and cannot do. I know it and I know it through and through. And that one hurts. And so here's what I want to share with you. God's love is unconditional, but his blessings are. God's love is unconditional, no doubt, but his blessings are. And we've got to recognize that. He loves to shower down blessings on us and, 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 and where we love to receive them. But there is an aspect where we have got to be walking and following him relentlessly. Because many of us in our life, we're, pl- we're praying and believing. We're even begging God. God, please bless me. Please bless my business. Please give me wisdom. But when it comes to the line where he says, all right, let's talk about this. 
can't you just bless me anyway? One of the things we have in our family is, um, is the Life360 app. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. Um, it's amazing as a parent. Uh, we love it. So all of our kids have the app on the phone. Nicole does. What it does is it allows us to track them. So I get to track my wife. I get to track my kids. I get to see where they're going. I get to see how fast they got there, uh, where they're going. It alerts me. Uh, when things are going on. And, and just FYI, if you're a parent, this is the most hated app by every 12 to 18 year old ever. Uh, they, they don't want you to know about it. So right now they're mad that I mentioned it. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but because here's the deal, right? So uh, for, for my sons, you know, they're, they're older, but the, you know, when they started driving, uh, just in understanding driving, we get to watch and track and just we're, we're aware and it would give us alerts. But if a, if a teenager is driving recklessly, or they're driving just with just a lot of speed and, and we recognize it and we notice it. What happens is it's now my responsibility. I'm the parent, right? So my app told me, hey, hey, just FYI, you know, and it, it, it lets me know the speed. And I'm like, wow, that's really fast for that road. I, I, we have a conversation, we talk about it, but it's my responsibility to have the conversation, to address it, to do what? To draw a line, to put in a boundary, to say, here's the deal. Why? Because if they're, if they're driving recklessly, there is a chance that they're putting self, themselves in potential harm or other people. I mean, right? And then, of course, you get into the speeding ticket and, you know, you know decisions and, and just the speed of it. And, and so, but here's the reality. If they're not trustworthy with it, I have the right to take the keys away. My car, Right? Hey, here, it's mine, you know, you're not following in the boundaries. It's my responsibility. I have the ability to do that. But when they show the ability to be trustworthy, to be obedient and to do it, as a parent, what do we do? When they ask us for something, we're like, yep. It's called lo loosening the reins a little bit. Yep, you, you've shown the ability to make these decisions and go about your life and, and you're doing a great job. And so if we aren't living a life that pleases God, how can we expect him to loosen the reins a little bit and to bless us and, and give us more things to be trustworthy with when we're not showing the faithfulness in these particular areas? I heard somebody phrase it one time, God won't fund your trip away from him. And I was like, dang, that's good. I gotta use that. So I just did. God won't fund your trip away from him. It's so good. But he welcomes us back, right? I mean, you're, that's the Luke, Luke 15 story, the, the son that goes away. Welcoming back, come on. Unconditional love. But blessings aren't. I mean, so God gives us that love and, and forgiveness. And, and then he's like, now we're going to follow. We're going to follow Jesus. What does that look like? What's the line? What's the issue? What's the problem? If you've not heard part of my story before, you know, I have a certain time of my life where I call them my roller coaster years, where I would, I would be close to God and then I wouldn't. I grew up in a Christian family, so I knew it was. So I'd be close with him sometimes and, and then make decisions away from him. And, and so it was this certain period of time. And I know some of you, that's your story. You know, you, you, you have this time where you're away from God and, and I just got to the place. The, the way that I phrase it is, you know, I was running from God and my legs got tired. I just got tired of running away. 
And so I stopped, turned, came back, and, and the, it was amazing, just the returning home and, and just the love and, and, and him, setting him setting me on the trajectory that he had for me. And some of you, that's your story. I mean, it is, and you know it, and you get it. There was a phase, a time, a, a certain aspect of your life, and I kind of want to speak to, you know, the, the teenagers and, and the 20-somethings. If you don't have that phase in your life, don't. Don't ever do it. That's my, my heart and my prayer as a parent, as a pastor, that you don't have to experience the, the disconnect from God to understand and appreciate the true connection that's available. Like you, you don't have to have all these things that you have to repent of and for, have forgiveness of because th there's a lot of shame and guilt that, the, that some of us had to work through. And the enemy continues to remind us of that. And I just, I pray and I speak over you that you wouldn't have that, that you would have the intimacy that Samuel had in scripture and knowing the Lord and the closeness for your entire life. So some of us, when we went through that phase, we had, we had to turn and change, we had to repent. And so when we change, this is what happens. Number two, we, we need to stop wavering. Stop wavering because God gave us the Bible, God gave us our conscience. We know when we're doing something right or wrong. We know it, we feel it. We feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are feeling it right now. And I don't apologize for that, not one bit, because God will give us the help, the wisdom, the ability to overcome. He'll set us free from the thing that's holding you back and holding you down, because he has a better life for you. He has something amazing, this incredible opportunity to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives collectively to watch and see what he might do instead of towing the line of disobedience. But if we allow the sin to remain, what happens to us? What, 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 what takes place? And so for me, you know, I just, I, what I see often is we just, we begin to justify it. We go, well, I'll, I'll follow the Lord in all of these, but this, I'll keep separate. And, and, and so in scripture, it actually talks about that where it says that our heart becomes calloused. And so our heart is supposed to be soft and moldable and shapeable in God's hands. But when, when we have sin and we justify it and we, and we condone it, we literally become callous to it. And we do it again and again repeatedly. And we just think in our head like, well, I guess that's just gonna kind of be there and stay there. I guess this is just my thing that I'll never, ever be able to be free of. I got something to tell you. That's a lie from the enemy. Like the devil is putting those thoughts in your head and that is not true. So we're gonna address those things today. And that's what the whole next series is all about. We're not, like we're gonna, we're gonna experience incredible like forgiveness and cleansing and, and empowerment and deliverance in this service. And then in the next month, we're gonna see how we continue to walk in the power and authority that the Lord has given to us. Because when, it, when we allow that stuff to remain in our life, this is what we are in 1 Timothy 4.2. It said that we're like hypocrites, we're liars, and that our consciences are dead. Because we know it's there, but we allow it to remain. We kind of turn a blind eye. And so this can happen to us if we allow the sin to remain too long. And right now in our culture, we're really living in a time when people are misguided 
in our culture, in our community, people are, are off track and missing things. Because what's happened is we've lost this sense of direction because of God's biblical principles and God's standards. So here at Grace Church, we believe that God's word is inspired and it's authoritative and, and, it's, and it's like a sword and right now it's cutting us deep. And so what's happened is our society has pushed that aside and said, you know what? There's no absolute biblical truth. Well, I'm here to tell you there is and there are and we've got to follow after it because what's happening is society is calling wrong things right and right things wrong. And they're making those type of proclamations to us and we can't have it in our life because when we allow the callousness in our life and, and, and we feel it in our heart, we literally are preventing ourselves from living into all of God's destiny that he has for us and our purpose. And so I wanna share with you, we have this amazing opportunity to follow after Jesus relentlessly and show his radical love to every single person around us. And so here's what we're gonna do. Number three, we're gonna pick up our cross and we're gonna follow. I meet uh, a lot of adults and I love to hear people's story uh, of you know, how you came to know the Lord and where you came from and I, all of that's extremely important to me. And so oftentimes I'll talk to people and, and they'll have a somewhat similar story to what I shared about myself where they'll go, oh, you know, I grew up in a Christian home or, and, and knew the Lord and then I struggled for a little while and, and then I came back and, and, and now it's just different. He changed me, I love him. And so sometimes, you know, in Christian circles, we'll call that like a recommitment to the Lord. And sometimes people wanna get baptized again, which is awesome. You know, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, experience the, the empowerment of him. But, but there's this, and maybe that's your story where you're going, yep, 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 and now I'm different. Like everything's different. And so here is what the Lord is calling us to. Matthew 16, starting in verse 24. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, so he's saying this to you and I, followers. He's saying to us, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. Everybody say, follow me. Give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And so the world, which is to me, it's normal people. It's people that have not yet turned their lives over to Christ. They need to be reached the same way that we were. They need to understand that Jesus came. He lived, lived a perfect life, died, rose again. They need to hear the good news and they need to respond to it. So that the same way that we received it, they need to experience it too. And also through us. Just the same way Jesus laid his life down for them, we are now called to lay our life down for them. Because then the Lord is able to use us in different ways, to speak, to talk, to love, to encounter, to develop relationship where we're dying to ourself and living for him. And what is the main thing that he has us living for? So that other people might come to know him too no doubt in my mind. I mean, dying to ourselves. And the thing that's interesting is that verse, those verses about dying and, and laying, lay, you know, laying your life down and picking up your cross, it's, 
it's probable that you've heard that before. Uh, that, you know, you've heard that scripture. And, and so the thing that's interesting is many of us, we claim to follow. Are you a Christian? Yup. Do you go to church? Yup. But are you willing to surrender everything? Literally laying everything in your life down because Jesus is not inviting us to follow him with a half-hearted commitment. It's all in. That's one of our core values here at Grace Church where we go all in for what he's doing. Let me paint it a different way. Uh, if you own your own company or you're a manager or you're, you've, you know, if you've ever applied for a job and got hired, you know, so that involves many of us, if not all of us, Let's say you walk into a place of employment, you, you, you know, you fill out the app, resume, you do the whole deal, you sit down with HR, you know, the interviewer, and you know, they start asking you all these questions. So let's say you're in charge of hiring. You, you know, you're on the other side of the desk and this person comes to you and they say, hey, you know what? This seems like a great job. It seems like a great company. You seem really nice, but just so you know, uh, I wanna be upfront. I'm gonna work as little as possible. You know, wherever there's opportunities for me to cut corners or, or kind of ditch out early, I'm going to. And I just, just FYI, I want to be on my phone a lot during the day. So I'll kind of do that when you're not looking and not watching. And, and I'll call in sick when I'm really not sick. And, and so, you know, will you hire me? I mean, don't ask me to do anything extra because I won't do that. I mean, how many of us in our right mind are going to say, yes, you know, no, it's just not that way. <laughs> but how many of us are treating our relationship with God that same way? Where you saying, hey, come on, be committed. It's amazing. And we're looking at him going, yeah, but I've got conditions on how this is gonna work. So, after Jesus had been brutally beaten, right? He's arrested though he's innocent, whipped, scourged, beaten, like brutally. He's bleeding, he's got bruises all over him. And so they get to the point, right? He's, he's, being, he's whipped and then they make him carry his cross. So literally the cross that he's gonna be crucified on, you know, the, the wood, he's, he's carrying it to the place where they were gonna crucify him. But he's beaten so severely that he can't. Like he doesn't have enough strength, he's losing blood. He just, he doesn't have, an, have enough strength to carry his cross to that place. So what happens? If you're unfamiliar, let me read it to you. In Matthew 27, verse 32, it says, along the way, they came across a man named Simon who was from Cyrene and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus's cross. Because Jesus can't do it. Literally, Jesus is falling down, falls to his knees, cross falls down, and, and they can tell he's barely making it. So they grab a dude, bring him out. Now the Roman culture, the Roman government, the Roman soldiers, it was an extremely violent empire. If you don't know your history, like you can brush up on it, but man, oh man, the, 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 the soldiers, the military, the government, they were ruthless. They would torture people. They would kill people, sometimes for little reason or none at all. They just did, that's how they were sweeping through the region. And so here's Jesus, you know, in Israel, in this Roman province that they had taken over, he's being crucified. He 
can't carry the cross. So they grab a dude, his name's Simon, and they make him carry it. The thing that's interesting is, this isn't Simon's cross. So put yourself in Simon's shoes. There were other men being crucified with Jesus that day. To, to think just for a moment, what if they make a mistake? What if they wanna crucify me on this cross that I'm carrying for that dude? So I'm sure Simon was like, all right, all right, all right, but just FYI, this is his cross. I'll carry the cross, but I'm not willing to die on his cross. I'm sure the cross was heavy for Simon and, and he probably wanted to put it down, but I think many of us take that same application in our spiritual life and the cross that Christ has called us to carry. Where we will carry it for a little while, but not all the way. And sometimes we feel forced. We feel like somebody grabbed us out of a crowd and said, here, you've, you gotta go to church. You gotta be a Christian. I know some of you, that's your story, but the whole point in this whole series and this message is Many times we think, I'll carry the cross, but I'm not willing to die on it. And I know that that's hard to hear because we know Jesus did live a perfect life. He laid down his life. He gives us all of these amazing blessings, forgiveness, empowerment, a life that's full of his presence, you know, liberation, where we get to walk in forgiveness like never before. We don't have to be held back anymore. But in doing so, he requires us to take up our cross and to follow him. And my question is, are you willing to die on the cross that you're carrying for Christ? And I know it's hard. Um, God never ever said it would be easy. You know, sometimes you'll hear us say that making a decision to follow Jesus is the best decision. And honestly, it's the easiest decision ever go to hell, go to heaven, have freedom and forgiveness or feel guilty and it's easy. But then after that, Jesus says, are you gonna pick it up? You're gonna follow me relentlessly. But the thing that I wanna encourage you with, I know sometimes it sounds hard and it is. It's very difficult and challenging at times, but there is nothing better. There is nothing more liberating. There's nothing more empowering than finding ourselves at a place where we're on our knees before the risen Lord, and we say, I surrender to you. I'm gonna follow after you. And he's like, now we can do something. Now we can go after, let's go. And so there are some changes in our life that have to happen today. They have to happen now. There's things that we need to stop doing and remove them from our life. There's certain habits that we have that have to get removed. There's certain addictions that the Lord wants to deliver you from today. And it needs to take place, it needs to happen. And so one of the things that you're, hopefully you've noticed is we have our prayer team up here at the altar every single Sunday. They're always here, they will pray for you for anything. But today, some of us, we've gotta do some business, we've gotta get after it, and we've gotta lay some things aside. And so here's the thing that's amazing, is by pushing those things out of our life, by crying out to Him, and then having Him fill us up, what that does is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that fills us up and it pushes those things away. 
It, it literally, like those things don't remain, they, they don't mix. It's like oil and water. It's like, hey, let, we're getting rid of that stuff. And now I'm, I'm dwelling in the presence of God and I'm walking in a place of forgiveness and an empowerment. I'm living in the tree of freedom and life. I'm deciding to be that way. And so making this amazing decision and then living it out is the best thing ever. You'll feel so free and you'll be used in ways that you never thought were possible. Jesus is gonna add so many things to your life and it's gonna be incredible to see it unfold. That's where we get the scripture where it says that he replaces the old with the new. So all that old junk we're pushing out and the Lord is replacing it here and now in this place. And so what I wanna do, I, I wanna share with you um, that we have an opportunity to take communion together. And so here at Grace Church, uh, if you are a Christ follower, we invite you to take communion. If you don't yet have your elements, uh, you can raise your hand, our ushers would be happy to serve you. If you're watching online, uh, feel free to, to go to the pantry, grab a cracker, some juice or something like that that you can use to, pick, to partake in communion with us. Um, but here's, this is so important. I mean, this whole message, this whole series is all about this right here and what the Lord wants to do here and now during this time. So we understand in scripture when Jesus had the Passover, he was with his friends and he, and he took the bread. And if you wanna peel that top layer of cellophane out and, and take the, the, the little wafer. So Jesus is saying, this is my body and I'm laying it down for you as a sacrifice. And that's amazing. It's absolutely incredible that he would do that. We, he was beaten, he carried his cross, he bled and died for us so that we could have this incredible connection with him. And then in that last supper, he, he, he took the, the, the cup and he said, this is, this is my blood, this is the cup of forgiveness. And so not only did he lay his life down in his body, but he shed his blood for you and I so we could have forgiveness of our sins because we need it. Every single one of us, we can't do this without him. We needed him to take our place so that we could receive the grace and walk in it. And so this is amazingly powerful. And I believe it's gonna be a milestone moment for some of you where you're gonna experience the supernatural breakthrough that you've been begging for and it's available now. So what I wanna do is I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna pray for every single one of us and then we'll take communion together. Could you guys do me a favor and stand while we close in this time of prayer? So God, we come before you. Uh, Father, we wanna first acknowledge that we have sin in our life, we have issues and problems and we have flaws. And God, we've said things that are hurtful, we've done things uh, towards others that are hurtful towards them, hurtful towards ourselves, Lord, I know right now uh, we've also done things against you. We've made decisions that we, we knew were wrong, but we chose it anyway. And God, we feel the shame and the guilt and the weight. And so Lord God, right now, we just wanna acknowledge that we, and we repent. We ask for forgiveness. We ask that you would change our mind, that you would change our heart, that you would change our spiritual life. Lord, that we would not return to those ways, but that we would pursue after you like never before. And so God, right now, we make a decision to pursue after you relentlessly with all that we are. 
Jesus, we take up our cross. We want to follow after you. And so, Lord, in doing such, we lay everything down, all of our habits, all of our addictions. God, I pray that you would bring deliverance right now for addictions. God, those of us that are struggling with alcohol, with drugs, with poverty mindset, Lord, we're, we're greedy and we're stingy. Lord, we're, we've been withholding from you. Lord, we've been towing the line of disobedience. God, I pray that right now you would remove that, that we would feel not your guilt and condemnation, but that we would feel your liberty, the restraints falling off, that we would find ourselves able to dance in liberty and freedom before you and worshiping you without conditions. God, would you do something so miraculous right now in us? Lord, would you bring the baptism of your Holy Spirit? Would you have the indwelling of your spirit inside of us that would just push those things out, that we would be used like never before, Lord, that your kingdom would advance through us, that your name would be glorified through us. So God, we surrender to you and honor you and bless you for all that you are, Jesus. And so we take your body and we eat and we take your blood and we drink for the forgiveness of our sins.